Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the amazing men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hope you had a great weekend and your Monday has started off with a bang. Uh, so uh, anyway, I've got, a lo- I've got a great guest that we're going to come to in just a minute. Lou Ann Pappas, the CEO of the Scarlet Pearl. But before we do that, I wanted to share a thought with you. I had a terrific conversation with a young entrepreneur. His name is Caleb Olku last week. If you missed that conversation, you can go to the Super Talk Mississippi uh, Facebook page or the YouTube channel and see it. Just a bright young entrepreneur. He's a One Coast Award winner and has a great career before he landed in coastal Mississippi and is now making his contribution here. But we talk a lot about the sum total of our experiences and how they come together to help you launch new businesses or pursue new ideas or whatever it might be. And it kind of got me thinking. I was, I was, I was, you know, I often do this as, as a retired uh, executive looking back on my career. I think about the things that enable my success. Um, you know, I sometimes think about things I wish I'd have done differently, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't really have a lot of regrets. I really don't. Um, I was always in a position where I was willing to take risk. I was always wanting to learn new things. I was like, you know, so someone I think one day described me as a human sponge. I just like that. I think the more we learn, the more we lo- better learn how much we don't know that this, this quest for knowledge keeps us humble and it keeps us hungry to learn more things. But I was constantly putting myself in situations that stretched me. Um, it made me feel super uncomfortable because I, it was in those moments that I believed that I learned the most. It's in those moments that I believed I contributed the most. And uh, it's in those moments when I felt like I really actually grew the most. And so when I look back on my career, I think about the one thing, the one thing that made, made the most difference. And that is that I learned to trust my gut. You know, we, we don't often trust our gut. What is the gut? gut? Gut's your DNA, of course. It's mixed in with your experiences, both good and bad. It's um, situational awareness and analysis, you know, being able to understand the situation you're in and being able to respond to it uh, appropriately. It's good old common sense. And I think all of these things come together to create what I often refer to as practical wisdom, you know, just good old practical wisdom. But, you know, as a, as a general rule, humans are very adaptive. But the one thing that we all share is that we all are risk averse. We, we don't like risk. So we naturally are going to kind of want to repel from, from risk. And so what will happen is if you trust your gut because your gut is smart, it may actually tell you pretty immediately that this is something you probably need to do. This is a risk you need to take. This is a decision you need to make. This is an opportunity you need to experience. But what happens when you start thinking about it? You contemplate. Time then lets this sort of human thing settle in, which is to say, I need to avoid the risk. I need to be careful. And so you end up with too much contemplation, not taking the decision or making the decision that your gut told you to take. Instead, you take a safer path. And, and what I've learned is a safer path always wasn't the best path. In fact, what I learned is it might have been a good decision, a safe decision in the moment, but it was not necessarily the best decision for me. 
long-term. It was not the best decision for me. And it was certainly not the best decision for my business. And uh, so you have, you know, the beauty is when you get, when you get to look back, <laughs> it's, you can, you have the benefit of experience in 2020 and history. And when I look back, I learned that, that the times I trusted my gut, the times that I put myself in uncomfortable situations, the times that when I, when I was willing to take those risks, the times when I was super uncomfortable, that's when I learned the most. And that's when I had the most success. Just something to think about. I just wanted to share that this morning. So now let's move over to my friend, Luann Pappas, who is the CEO of the Scarlet Pearl Casino. We've had a long uh, Coast View session with her. her. She's got such a cool story, such a great story. But anyway, before I go any further, let me just say good morning to you, Luann. How are you? Good morning. I just enjoyed everything you said. Yeah, I can see you shaking your head. But it's, it's true, isn't it? It, it? it is true that we – how many times have you been in a situation when your gut told you one thing, after too much contemplation, you made another decision, and you looked back on it and said, dang it, I should have trusted my gut on that one? I smile because when you say that, the best decisions I've made are the ones where I've taken a risk and because it's what my gut told me to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been mine, too. That's been mine, too. And one of the things that, that uh, Caleb pointed out the other day, which I think is really important, and you know this well, too, because you've, you've had this incredible career working your way up through the organization to become a CEO, is that, um, that the, the beauty of, of acting fast is that you get to fail faster. And, and so the failure will tell you two things. One is that maybe your idea wasn't ready to fly, which is fine. You can go back and rethink it. Or the other is you can learn from the failure. You know, sometimes we learn more from the failures than we do from the successes, don't we? We sure do. We sure do. I remember a time where I made an error thinking I knew more than the world. And it was three o'clock in the morning and it was a decision on customer. This was years ago. They wanted to make a bet. Well, that caused a million dollar swing not in our favor. And I think back to that, and I share that story often, because that was, by anyone's account, a very, very large mistake. Um, but again, that's that's math. That's different than gut instinct. But it's a situation that I think about and liken often to this business. We're going to make mistakes. Um, sometimes the biggest mistakes I make, though, are those where I have the most amount of time to think about it. <laughs> and that's true. That is, that is so true. So, you know, some people... You'll, you'll make the pitch to them and they and you'll say, well, when are you going to make a decision? I say, well, I, let me think about it for a few days and then a few weeks goes by. And what I learned about in those situations, sometimes you might get what you're looking for, but I came to understand those situations this way is that bad news travels slowly. <laughs> so, so sometimes the best decisions, sometimes the, the most successful decisions come pretty quick because you've, you've created a compelling case for moving forward and people are bought into that and, you, and, you, and you're able to do that. But, you know, what I like about your story, which I, I remember so well, is that you have always been someone who listens to others. You've, you've really focused on being sort of fair, you know, throughout your career. I know you when you were in marketing but when I was at the Sun-Herald and when I was over in New Orleans, you're disciplined. You're, you're firm about the decisions you make. You, you, when you decide that you are going to make a decision, you make the decision, and then you pursue the accomplishment of whatever that decision is with a dogged determination. That's just, that's just who you are. And it's helped you 
it's helped you launch this, that casino. It's helped you in so many other efforts. I mean, I'll just think about more recently the, the vaccination, the vaccination decision you made. What a bold decision in the moment. In the moment, it was a very bold decision. A lot of people probably said, but there's a certain part of the population that's going to resist that. And, and you're having difficult, there's a lot of churn in the industry and you're having difficulty getting employees and whatever. You didn't let that deter you from the decision you felt like was best for you and your customers. And uh, you look back on it now and you got 100% conformance now. Talk to me about yes, it. Let's talk about the decision-making process behind that and then the success of it. Well, you, you know, you talk about delayed reactions. This is a, to a topic we continue to talk about, even though Scarlet Pearl and all of us are, be it's behind us because we're all vaccinated. We started at the top and we worked down through the organization. We said leaders must lead. By example, not only did we, the leaders, get the vaccine, our board of directors got the vaccine. And you know, it's a family owned business. Um, but it was a rather quick decision after a lengthy time of suffering the consequences of a horrific, um, you know, virus pandemic that none of us had any knowledge of. But it's funny what you say, because today's a perfect example to be asking that question. Today being obviously Wednesday versus Monday, but there's a picket going on outside of Scarlet Pearl. Um, and again, not anyone that works here for us. It's behind us. We've moved on. But um, not everyone has moved on. Yet, when you, to your point, this was more of a decision based on science. But my gut knew that if we were willing to put in the time on the front end and communicate the whys, the wherefores, the hows, the who, that we would get through this. But we weren't naive to the fact that we wouldn't take some hits. Now, I will tell you that I'm naive to the fact that how cruel people can be and how mean they can be, but it, it's not the people that work here. It's this group of people that want to talk about freedom. Now, there's no one more <clears throat> conservative than I am. There's no, you know, I'm like most people. Freedom is very important to us. That's why we choose to live where we live and support the things that we do. Um, but obviously, that's been taken to an extreme here. Great question. It was not a difficult decision. We said, here are the pros. And they far outweighed the cons. We had people that lost lives and lost incomes. It doesn't take long to say, ultimately, you're responsible for the lives that work here. The health, the happiness, their satisfaction. And you know what? We made the right decision. And I'll continue to say that. And we'll continue to take whatever criticism people want to give us or throw our way. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've said repeatedly on air that um, I'm disappointed at how the vaccination has become so politicized. And it's really unfortunate. And no matter what healthcare professional I talk to say that's such a shame that, you know, we've got this, this, uh, this one defense that works extremely well. And I've been to the hospital. I've seen the people on respirators. And when I went to Singing River, and the, the surgical intensive care, the ICU, and even the emergency room full of people on ventilators, none of them had been vaccinated. And many of them were very young. So I've seen it with my own eyes. I hate that the politicization has occurred, and now we were doing it within the guise of freedom. But, you know, you still got to make tough decisions, and this is one that's best for your employees and your customers. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with my friend Luann Pappas, who's the CEO of Scarlet Pearl. We'll see you after this break. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Yeah. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with my friend Luann Pappas, who's the CEO of Scarlet Pearl. Luann, you know, when I look back at our conversation, our hour-long Coast View session together, it made such an impression on me because, again, I knew you when you were in marketing, and then, of course, I see you in your role as the CEO. You're such a positive influence in the community, and you you really work hard to make sure that that your team is aligned around serving customers and all of that. But the fact that you started in a – do I remember it right? It was a gift shop. I mean, it was like the midnight shift of a gift shop 30-something years shop. ago. 36 you, you years still, ago. You worked your way through this and to be, well, first of all, to be a woman in that setting and to just kind of fight your way through the process with the determination you brought to it, it helps you really be a better leader today, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. I say that this business, as much as we want to call it entertainment, for most of us is a study in human behavior. Um, and again, experience has certainly helped me in this, in my most recent role um, and working well, away from the bottom yeah. up. Well, what I, okay, so let's go, let's put your marketing hat on a second. One of the things that um, you so well understood, and you, you, were, you, you were specializing in marketing through sort of the digital revolution. So you un understood traditional role of marketing and you understand sort of the, the new role of marketing, but there's today it's really kind of a combination of the two at the end of the day. But what what's embedded in marketing? What's embedded in your approach to marketing and why you seem, I think why you perform better as a CEO is because you know in your core about what I'm about to say is that when you talk about the brand of a company, the brand of a company, let's say Scarlet Pearl, it the brand it, it by itself doesn't mean anything, but when you start to lay the groundwork for what the promise is behind the brand, what is it that people will experience? What is it they're going to think about when they think about that brand, brand? How do you align your employees around that promise? How do you make sure that when you market, that you're marketing the attributes of that promise, and then when people act on the marketing and come to your organization, they see the employees who really buy into whatever that promise is. So as a marketing executive, it really helps you be a better CEO, doesn't it? I'm so thankful for the marketing background and you've said it best. You know, we can all want to think we have a brand. It's how do you make that brand believable and come to life? And uh, it's easier said than sometimes done. But even within the confines of our four walls, we say Scarlet Pearl, and we are known. We are known for a family business. We're known for being in the community and being the best possible employer we can for employees in this industry. But within the building, each outlet has its own brand. If you're a Me Pizza or Lounge Nasheri, and branding is important because we can all say what we want to be, but it's whether the consumer believes that and that it's tangible and they can see it and feel it and touch it and hear it. So I'm, I'm very thankful for my background in marketing, more importantly, branding. Well, I see it in everything that you're doing. I see it in, I, I, okay, again, I made a little note about this because it was just something you posted on Facebook and it just, it stuck out to me. But in things like the Orchard Room, when you guys launched the Orchard Room and the care you put into things like the drapes in the Orchard Room and how the decor fits together with this sense of this VIP experience that you wanted to create for your for your customers, you don't leave a lot of details undealt with. And to be successful, you can't you can't uh, ignore the details. But talk about why that's so important. 
Well, again, when you think about the, the Orchid Room and, and what that strategy was, we knew we were under-servicing a unique uh, uh, marketing customer, and that was the VIP or VVIP customer. And in order to do that, you know, you certainly studied what happened in the past, where you've worked, what markets, what brands, and what is it that we could do different and bring different to the VIP business. One of which is to make sure that every touch point followed through with that theme, that concept, and that strategy. Right down to, and a lot of people don't realize this unless they play in that room, and by the way, it's not just for VIP customers. But you get, um, you know, body massagers, warm towels, warm, just like you're on first class on an airplane, warm nuts, a glass of champagne when you walk in. We auditioned each position and it took us months during a pandemic to make sure that we filled that job with the actor or actress that will live that brand and understand what it means to work in that room and service our very best customers so so remarkable but it's the it's the truth of i don't care who i talk to when i talk to successful people in coastal mississippi they're burning the midnight oil there, there's, there, there are no such things as eight to five and success. Uh, well, from time to time, maybe there's an exception to the rule, but mostly, no matter how. I mean, I always say, and I certainly learned this in my career because I was the CEO the last 15, 16 years of my career. But the higher up you go, the more you better be paying attention to these details, and you never get away from it. Seven hours a day, 24 hours a day. Excuse me, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You never get away from it. But that's the key to success. At the end of the day, when you're talking about ex extending a brand like Scarlet Pearl or, or the brands inside of Scarlet Pearl, you're only as good as your last performance. And you know that every single day, don't you? We sure do know it every single day. We're getting ready. Yesterday, we had a fabulous off-site meeting with our architect and our contractor, Andercore. And it is it is overwhelming when you think about what goes in to creating. We're getting ready to uh, build a new hotel tower. We're moving our cafe. We're going to call it the, uh, the Under the Lemon Tree. So you think about all of the things that go into it again in terms of even, you know, what market are you targeting? What people are you going to employ? What do they need for that asset? But uh, you are right. Um, I believe this of any successful person. It, no matter whether you're in a 24-7 hour business or seven day a week business or not, to be successful, you have to be breathing, eating it and sleeping it. it it's just it is what it is when you're aspiring for perfection, if there is such a thing. It's exciting to see that you are uh, continuing to think strategically about how to expand your business grow your share. I love your commitment to Andacorn. I know Roy Anderson really well. We graduated from high school together. We've had you know, terrific conversations over years, but you're very committed to his company. And, um, and, and I see that, that play out in so many different ways, but it takes a great partner, don't it? It takes a strategic partner to achieve the construction goals that you have, doesn't it? It does. And what I wish everyone would know and see is that Roy understands the family and understands me. His team understands what we're trying to create. You know, Roy said it best, and he's actually the one that said it's not just about today, two years, three years. We have to plan for 10 years out. You know, it's like putting together a widget. You can't just go ahead and build 300 more hotel rooms and not make sure that everything else in the facility is built first to be able to satisfy the demand of that many more customers. But what a great partner um, in terms of his influence in a lot of what we do. And he knows us so well and what we want that he is even more forward thinking at times than we are. What's amazing is he built his initial company 
with his help from his father, and then after his father's death, he continued to kind of expand. It became one of the largest construction companies in the Southeast. He sold it. Could have just cashed in the chips and rode off into the sunset, but no. He starts another company called Andacorn and does and he's doing it all over again. And the expansion efforts, every time I turn around, they're announcing a new project somewhere and bringing on a new team member. And and you can see, by the way, that they formulate their their announcements, that there is a the brand within his company that they're very significantly focused on. So it's a very impressive story. It's a very, very impressive story. Family business, great compliments, same philosophy and culture. Yeah, so that's really good. So how's business? Business is exceptionally well. We just had a meeting at 7 o'clock this morning. Maybe you and a lot of other people can help us. We, we are in that stage where many businesses are where you're planning 2022. How much are you going to make? How much do you need to spend? What's it going to look like? And here we are again saying, what do we compare it to? Last year hmm. was better than pre-pandemic this year is better than ever and again not just our business every business is saying no matter who i talk to um, what do we what, where do we go with this when does it stop um i don't know that the days of you know 54 percent increase in ebitda are going to continue or 94 percent increase in uh, net revenues um i still believe we have another good 12 to 18 months of it being unusually high um the unknowns are certainly the economy certainly yeah, the economy yeah. and what's going to you know happen um and external factors that we don't control i think one of the smartest things we did as a set of communities is, is recognize that in the face of the pandemic 80 percent of the people who came here came here in cars so we really focused on marketing to the communities that that would go drive somewhere and introducing a whole new set of, of of tourists and visitors to this area the combined efforts of all of the casinos working you know to do their marketing with that of coastal mississippi really created an introduction to a lot of people someone said well you've got a lot of free money that's out there and that's why revenue is up but if that were true all these other tourist destinations across the United States would be doing really well, but they're not. Uh, we were setting records. We were setting records because we were strategically focused, and we've got something to offer. So where does the future go? Heck, I don't know. It's still going to be very positive, though. I, that's for sure. Now, not only have yeah. we, as a result of the pandemic and our ability you know, to be a coastal community marketing to a drive-in market, uh, not only did we see an influx of new people that we had never seen before, the average age is skewing younger, which is a wonderful thing. Wonderful. It is. It really is. Luann, we, we should have spent an hour together today. You're a terrific leader. I enjoy spending time with you and following you on all your endeavors. But anyway, we'll, we'll pick it up again soon in maybe a month or two. This is Luann Pappas, the CEO of Scarlet Pearl. Thank you, Luann. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. You bet. We'll see you after this break. Bye. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.